season we have officially seen the D's winning streak become long gone the Lions have rolled their way to the top of the um, of the standings with by the hairs of their chin dude 0.2 percentage points puts them atop amid the D's uh, struggles and another thing that happened is if um, you guys are paying attention you would know that piss was indeed fully extracted um, that and more happened in round 30. <laughs> I, I might have to link just what we're referring to. Um, real quick, shout out to Triple M because they're becoming my favorite thing of the, of the sport in general. They are, um, they're fantastic, aren't they, Donnie? <laughs> oh, man. James Brayshaw, you bloody legend. For some weird reason, he is obsessed with saying the word pissed when he finds something fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dude has some, might have some weird, uh, weird stuff going on. I won't question it because he's funny on the mic. Um, but we're going, we got that for you guys. A crazy round, some great uh, times for a bye week for some teams. And some teams really took advantage of the opportunities that they were given. Um, we're talking about some guys that are really pulling ahead when it comes to the Brownlow. Uh, we're talking about possibly... You know, I, I, we're going to get into this a little bit more, but the top eight right now, the, fi the current finals picture, it's looking like loaded. Every There is a lot of talent in that. And I, I really see a lot of parity. And even the, the, the lower seed teams, you know, the seven, eight teams, I could see them making a run at the flag. So this is shaping up to be a super just exciting um, finals this year. Um, but of course, and, and we got something new for you guys this round as well. A little bit of would you rather. We're going to put uh, a little bit of Donnie's brains and will to the taste to the test to see what he really desires, uh, especially when it comes to the Swans, when it comes to certain rules in the AFL, and when it comes to building your team around one of the best young stars the league has seen in quite a long time. Then we got what the blank and Donnie. Is also going to ruffle some feathers, I'm sure. I totally set him up to fail on this one. I am so sorry. But also, I'm really not because it's <laughs> going to be entertaining. And I'm just a bad person, I guess. But if the grand final could be anywhere, in any location, that's outside of Australia, where is it going to be? We're, um, we're definitely going to be breaking some decisions here. Uh, sorry, not sorry. But, of course, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This is our um, round breakdown for round 13 of the AFL season. I'm your host, Ross Allen, joining alongside by the best in the business, uh, the, our official AFL footy correspondent, Coach Donnie. And, Coach, uh, how are we feeling after um, what, I mean, uh, your team had the week off, uh, my team didn't, so they actually won. That's two weeks in a row that they've gone without losing. Fantastic stuff. Uh, but how are we feeling after uh, going to round 14? <laughs> 
Oh, it is it is fantastic to look at the ladder and see the, the parody that is the league this year. And the footy shows definitely caught on to it with, with some broadcasters going as far as saying that as we speak, there's potentially 10 teams that could win the flag out of eight teams that are going to make the final. So it's a very fascinating little time of the year when we've got one more set of bye weeks, one more game of six, and then it's nine games the rest of the season to round 23. And as you said, the bottom part of the bottom eight from fifth, from fourth to eighth are all so close that I agree. I heard this particular quote said sometimes it's as tight as a frog's backside, which is watertight. So it is definitely going to be an interesting end of the year because so you've got bad. some marquee matchups. You've got Brisbane. Brisbane still has to play Melbourne two times. Frio still has to put Frio still has some difficult games. Sydney still has some difficult games. Richmond's got difficult games. And Collingwood is hotter than a firecracker right now. So we are going into a second half of the season and uh, fireworks could happen as these weeks go on. So I am thoroughly thrilled as we get closer and closer to finals to see what eight teams are going to be hooking it up to fight for that flag. And you bet that the Collingwood Magpies are red hot. You could say they're flying high right now. Uh, and before we get into the, your headlines for this round, it's mostly because of one player, um, the greatest American footy player of all time, the living legend, future Hall of Famer, that is Mason Cox. And speaking about how much I love Mason Cox, let's take a look at the new merch that came in. I am beyond excited to finally be able to put this on my back uh, and just really plaster it around everywhere I go and really just show my love and my support for the big man in Mason Cox. So go do, do your guys a favor, do yourselves a favor. If, I know you all love Mason Cox out there. I know you love the big man. So what better way to support him and to show your love for him than one of these bad boys? Yeah. Yeah. Just really show your love of how much you love the big man Mason Cox with your very own I Heart Big Cox for the long apparel. <laughs> 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 come on all right all right you guys have every right to call me a, a child for this one but i am proud of it damn it and i think it's great oh <laughs> uh, you gotta have a, a child at heart sometimes and sometimes you just gotta be able to get away with a t-shirt with a tiny innuendo who cares just a little, well actually it's a rather <laughs> large innuendo about six feet eight inches of it i don't know centimeters for that i assume it is over 200 I don't know. I know 200 is. Uh, like I believe it's. I think. I believe he's like two, 200 and I think he's 210. I think centimeters. I think is what he is. He's just short of seven feet. He's actually not seven foot tall. So it's he's it's up there. Yeah. So I well, right, let's see. He's what six foot eight, right? So that's going to be 72. That's 80 inches. 80 inches converts to 203 centimeters. Yes, I love it. all 203 centimeters of Mason Cox, the running, living, breathing giraffe of a human being he is i think he's great i think he's fantastic and everyone should in theory love big cox and so go ahead fourthlong.com forward slash apparel get yourselves one of them uh one of these today we do ship to australia and one of the best parts is not only is it a fantastic looking shirt donnie 
It's also very comfortable. Um, you know, it's a tri-blend cotton. Donnie's going to get some of this in his mail soon because he deserves and I, uh, he deserves some of this. Also, he's not only going to get the, the Big Cox merch, he's also getting some fantastic just footy merch as well. So if you don't necessarily love Big Cox, which is which is fine, I understand. Um, not all you guys can, can be, you know, sophisticated as I am. You can still rock a fantastic footy shirt. That's also at the fourthlong.com forward slash uh, apparel. And that is going to be a grand old time. But coach, with my shameless plug and my constant shilling out of the way, Let's get into Hess's headlines. What you got for us uh, wrapping up round 13? Oh, man, some fun headlines. There's, there's a few topics I am going to avoid because I think they've been to death. So I'm going to primarily keep first headlines, and this is probably going up everywhere, is D's drop third game in a row to a red-hot pies. Collingwood, again, nipping the D's. And, and it's a fascinating stat to think about. Right now, currently, the Collingwood Magpies have the longest active winning streak over the Melbourne Demons in the last two years, and that's a grand total of two. <laughs> so it <laughs> just shows stat. you how good, how good the D's have been, that they're the only team in the last two years to have beaten the D's twice. So it's very fascinating to keep it up we jump to the next one brizzy takes a top of brizzy takes to the top of the table after a tough win against the pesky saints the saints unfortunately had some injury troubles and the lions survive it but the, the Brisbane lions are now currently at the top of the ladder after the round by the barest of margins but the lions the brisbane lions are top of the table after this round a fascinating development at the top of the AFL ladder. You're going to love this one, Ross. GWS big win versus Woeful North caused cracks between Horn and company. Unfortunately, you're welcome, Jason. Um, We're going to get you a great new contract in the, the young team. man that was the number one, <laughs> the number one overall pick, unfortunately, did not have, have a good day, not only on the field, but also off. It's not good footy, unfortunately. But he also is going to comp himself a two-game suspension for a head-high hit. And now rumors are a-swirling that Will North look to potentially move on from the disgruntled teenager. Or will they try to see if they can maybe bring the young man back along by letting him have two weeks to kind of cool his head off and maybe see if they can get a few things into him. So it's a very fascinating thing at North Melbourne right there that – Big loss, and the cracks are starting to show at North Melbourne. And could this cost them this superstar that is Jason Horn Francis? The last headline of the round says Frio survived red hot crack by pesky Hawks. Again, this Hawthorne Hawks team, I think a lot of people kind of looked at them and said they were potentially a, a wooden spoon candidate, new coach, new system. How would they take to it? They gave Frio everything they could handle handle in this game an absolute cracking game of Frio a little bit of credit here and a, and kind of a nice little comeback by the man that is Nat Fife in in what I kind of laughed was I don't know did you see the comment that he said about being a first gamer in, in a post-game interview after the game no what did he say he, he was interviewed after the game and he he as as almost as a joke but he actually meant it. He asked Sarong and Brayshaw 
where he needed to go. He said, treat me like a first gamer. Tell me where you want me to go and I'll be there. And that's exactly what they did. And it was almost this funny thing because you get a two-time Brownlow medalist asking a couple of young to go. So it was a very fascinating first game for Fife that I had to get a kick out of. But I'll tell you this right now, Flag Mantle and many out in Frio that are flying the purple are very, very happy campers right now because they are sitting very well to not only make the finals, but potentially be a top four sign, which that is going to be a crazy road trip to go to Perth in the finals if they are rocking the purple. The purple army is rocking for the Fremantle Dockers, and that is going to do it from a headline for fantastic results this week with some interesting discussion points that I cannot wait to talk more about. Man, I'd be so excited to I, I would I can't imagine what it'd be like to be able to to be a Frio fan in attendance at Optus for one of these finals games. That would be incredible. Let alone what if um man, just imagine if Frio um wasn't a year late and was able to play a home grand final game in Optus like like we had last year. That would that would blow the the the, the they would probably build a roof on it just to blow it off again because it would be that crazy. <laughs> oh, I would, I would not disagree with you on that one. Oh, that'd be great. But uh, um, going off the headlines, what we're going to jump into here is going from Donnie's um, correct takes on the round. We're going to go into some that might be a little bit controversial, might be considered. A little bit hot as well um, because what we got for you guys I, of course you don't know how these overreactions work I got three statements that come from round 13 of the AFL season and it's up to coach Donnie to assess whether they're actually overreactions or if there is some truth to them um, sorry off statement number one no max gone means no finals for the Melvin demons Oh, I think this is an overreaction. I think Luke Jackson now gets his chance to step up and show why he was one of the top, one of the top draft picks in his draft year. He's a very talented player. Is he max gone? No, he's not. Let's, let's just be honest. He's not. But there's still some things that he's going to be able to do. The biggest question will be is how does the backup rock handle being on a side that is under a lot of pressure right now. I mean, the D's are under pressure when they come back, they have to perform because if they still struggle, even with Steve, with Stephen may being back and some of the, some of the injuries that they've had start struggle is the pressure of every expectation of the Melbourne demons and all of the fascinating. Keep an eye on it. I don't think so. I think Luke Jackson, there's enough talent there. I think the D's will still make finals, even without going. It's only a month, and they, they get lucky. They get a bye week this week. So the first week of this injury, he's not there. That he's not there, they don't play. So that is one week already ticked off. So if he, he comes back in only three weeks, he only misses two games. Two games is not going to drive this team out of the finals. So I think the
exactly. Um, one of the great things here is the from their success early on the season, they do have a 12-point margin uh, from the ninth spot. Richmond Tigers currently there sitting at 28 points. Melbourne still sitting at 40. And they also have quite the percentage points ahead of literally anyone else outside the top 15 even with or outside the top eight, even within the top eight there as well. Um, I, I guess one of the th I like how you bring up that with Luke Jackson. I think um, one of the things I'm curious about is it's always I like seeing how the Swans responded, you know, a couple of rounds ago without their big man um, and, and buddy Franklin. So we all know Mac, if anyone's a heart and soul of a team, it's going to be Max gone the way buddy Franklin's kind of the heart and soul of the um, Sydney Swans. So to see the young guys be able to step up, to see what they look like without him, and especially if they could get back on track and get a win in here in a couple of rounds without Max gone, that is going to be able to rewrite the whole ship almost, almost instantly. Or, or at least maybe not rewrite the whole thing, but that's going to be a big chunk of momentum and send them back into the finals. Um, I think, you know, worst case scenario, they might limp, it, limp into the finals, but it's almost – they almost assured themselves at least a fighting chance, you know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. so, 100% agree. They're just they're just too good to fall out. I think mean, even if they limp into the finals, honestly, they may be a sleeping giant if they do limp into the finals because if they can get their form back at the right time, aka finals time, they could be a scary matchup no matter where they are. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that you know um, demons team that we saw four rounds ago is that far away from their current team right now. Um, of course, these fans. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, sorry for you guys. It probably feels horrible. It, it feels like you're going back to, was it, was it 19, 1962, 68, when, when the, they won their last grand final before the, the most recent one? It wasn't like, it was the 60s, right? Uh, I think it's 1967, I think, is the year that their, their previous grand final was. But, yeah, I, be point, I believe so. Being, Again, don't quote me on it, people. I'm, I'm not no. Right. <laughs> Point being, um, you're you're not falling back there. You're not a horrible team. Just a good team that lost a few games. Uh, definitely no need to lose hope um, there in Melbourne. Uh, but uh, statement number two is that Carlton is the weakest current top eight team. Um, right now, if you take a look, they're um, sitting there at four behind Frio, Melba, and the, and the um, Lions. They're ahead of the Cats, uh, the Saints, the Swans, and the Magpies. They are um, in the middle. So, like, the three teams ahead of them are at 40 points. The four teams below them are at 32 points. Carlton's saying they're at 36. Uh, but they also have the second lowest percentage points um, out of the top eight. They have 100, about 115 all round up. Um, and Collingwood is the lowest there with 105. So, Donnie, are they the weakest team in the top eight? Um, you, you can make the you can make the argument because of their injury list. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's large. definitely an option because unfortunately the great story that is Marchbank comes back. Well, and Marchbank gets hurt too, and unfortunately after him coming back, now he's gonna miss he's gonna miss at least six weeks. Yeah, so their 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 mid season draft pick, Durden, is literally going to have to play this week and he's only been with the squad for 15 days so right now they are they are paper wall thin in the defensive end so i i hate saying it because they are so scary going forward yeah 
But I think if you can get on them, if you can get on top of them and kind of neutralize their their forward of forward of fifty, um, forward of the ball, then they're yes, they are very gettable, completely gettable. If you can win, if you can win ruck taps and get it into the defense, their defensive side of the fifty. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. They could be the weakest link, but again. And they're just so scary going forward with Kerno and Makai that they can almost kind of be that team that just outscores opponents mm-hmm. to win games. It may not be the most flashy way to win in the finals. It might get them in, but it probably won't win them a grand final. Like, I if if you look at the eight sides that are in the finals right now, Carlton would be my least fancy team because their style of footy will not win finals. It won't because if you can't stop people from scoring it's going to be very difficult because teams are all going to fall apart on them. So I will, I will say this is not an overreaction, but that is going off. Basically, can this style of footy survive finals or can they get to the finals and get healthy? It's hmm. a good question. Uh, hopefully they don't slide too much. Uh, this is this Carlton team could certainly use the huge boost. That is a top four spot. Um, in the finals, because I, I'd be I'd be a little, little leery of them. They're still obviously a great team. We've never really been down on 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 the the Blues uh, this uh, this season, but definitely a tricky spot for them to have to manage at this point. Um, and going from a, a team that might be in a tricky spot to one that's in a whole lot better of a position right now. Let's talk about the Frio Dockers um, because same number three, Donnie Andrew Brayshaw is a lock. Of course, parentheses, barring injury, of course, we, we get it, we get it, um, for the Brownlow medal. Right now, when it comes to the odds, he is sitting top, um, he is two points ahead, um, or uh, I guess two votes ahead of second place right now, and he really just has been nothing short of dominant this round. Um, he finished with goal and 37 disposals against Hawthorne, furthering him even further um, in the Brownlow contention. Um, and also, before we get your answer, right now he's um, not the betting favorite. Um, he's tied with Lucky. Um, sorry, he's tied with uh, Crips. Uh, Lucky Neal is currently the betting favorite um, at $3 for the Brownlow. Brayshaw is sitting at four fifty, um, and he is two points ahead of or two votes ahead of Clayton Oliver at this point. But um, yeah, um, circling back around to that, Donnie, Andrew Brayshaw is a lock for the Brownlow. I think this is an overreaction. As much as I love Flag Mantle <laughs> having oh, a ch- chance to get down. the gold medal as well as being in contention, and Lockie Neal have both just playing such. Great footy, even with Cripps missing a game. Cripps in those first six games, I think he got three votes and four out of the five. And if he didn't get three in the other one, he probably got two or one. So Patrick Cripps is polling really well. As long as Carlton keep winning, I think Cripps will poll. And I think that's bad news for Andrew Brayshaw. And the fact that Frio had those two losses in those ugly wet games. And usually losses means the most you're going to get is two. Mm-hmm. That's going to put him a little bit behind the eight ball for Cripps and, and, and Neil. So as much as I would love to see it happen, I think this is an overreaction right now. But again, there's a second half of the season. We don't know what Cripps and Neil will do. But right now, as I speak, what I've seen and what I kind of get by most of the umpires, 
I'm thinking Neil or Cripps are most likely more of a lock than Andrew Brayshaw, but Brayshaw's in contention. He's done really, really well, but those two losses in those wet weather games, I think may put him a little bit behind after this particular round of footy. That's a good point there. Um, and especially, I mean, to touch on Lockie Neal, we've spoken about Brisbane's uh, issues and why you should be concerned as maybe a supporter of them and as a team. They, they definitely have um, some holes in their game. But it, especially, let's not even talk about the back half of the field. Their defense is damn near atrocious most of the time. But the man that really – they could probably credit Lockie Neal for – I don't know, what would you think? At least half of their wins alone, you know, five out of their ten. Because it really feels like if Lockie wasn't doing Lockie Neal things, Brisbane might, would, they would definitely not be at the top spot right now. They might not even be in the top four at the moment. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, Lockie Neal is an impact player. He makes impacts. I think the, the thing that he's doing this year is he's making more of a scoreboard impact. I think last year he kind of took on a Tommy Mitchell type of, he would get tons of disposals, but he wouldn't really make an impact on the scoreboard. He wouldn't get a goal every other game. He wouldn't get two goals in a game here or there. He would get 40 touches you get five score involvements, which is relatively low for 40 touches. You think, hey, 40 touches, he should get at least seven, eight, nine scoring involvements because if you get the ball 40 times in an 80-minute game, you would think he'd make a little bit more of an impact. This year, he's down a few disposals. He's, he's down around 28, 29 disposals, but he's getting eight. He's getting something up around eight score involvements and a goal almost every game. So that's making more of an impact, which I think is the – reason why a lot of people are looking at him being the favorite because he's not just with less disposals than he was when he was getting almost 40 a game very good there um i i know the least i could say for fact is that the gws giants would actually be able to beat the lions if it wasn't for bastard lucky neil oh man that was i'm still not over that game i should be i kind of am but I like to bring it up because, man, they were so close, Tommy. They were so close. But you know what? Is what mm -hmm. is. They have a better – I would be way more happier this round if they beat those um, – those. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. as you say, the, you know, the wankers from the West, right, in, in the doggies. Oh, those – that's going to be – I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be a good <laughs> round. I love, I love this game. I love this rivalry. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I this is def definitely something I could get around. Uh, but that's going to wrap it for our overreactions here. Um, let us know in the comments or hit us up over on socials. Um, you can follow us at Fourth and Long Media over on Twitter and Instagram. Is Max gone? Does Max gone's injury spell disaster for the Melbourne Demons? Is Carlton the weakest top eight team? And is Brayshaw a lock for the Brownlow? Um, we're going from Flag Mantle and Brownshaw. Can, can we get that going? Brownshaw is... Oh, gosh. Black, <laughs> Black Hansel and Brown Shot, baby. Let, let, let's go, Frio. Uh, but we're going to go from there. Uh, we're going to hop into something new for you guys in a little bit. I mean, I'm sure we've all played this game before, uh, especially with your, your friends giving you horrible decis de uh, decisions to choose uh, between. I really kind of got one for Donnie there. Um, next couple, you know, they're really tied to some of the action from this round. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to play Would You Rather. 
Um, of course, real simple stuff. Would you rather do this or that? A few statements for Donnie, and we're going to see because we're going to kind of put him to the test, see what kind of fan he is as well. Um, I definitely know some of these, these answers. Really excited to see his, and I'm really excited to see yours as well. But the first would you rather statement, Donnie, would you rather – and we're, you know, how about you guys can, you know, following at home, just um, switch the swans for your favorite team. I just, you know, uh, personalize it for Donnie to make it that much more of a horrible Insert course. your club. Insert club here. All right. <laughs> uh, but would you rather the swans win the flag this year and miss the finals the next 20 or make the grand final the next 10 years in a row but never win? Oh, these are always the fun. These are always the fun ones. Imagine if this wasn't. Happening. Rather have one championship and then no finals, or tons of finals and no championship. Yep. Um, the classic one. Here's, here's like, the thing. I did the classic one, but the, I feel there, like there's gonna be there's gonna be people enough. So like I really up the stakes with if you don't win it, you know. No, <laughs> I just went all out. Let's see. Exactly. Well, it, it, and I, I 100% understand, and, and maybe this is the coach in me. I'd rather have the consistency. I'd rather get to 10 consecutive grand finals and lose them all mm. because that shows consistency that we're winning. We're always getting there and we're always going to be there. Like, I know it's weird for some people because it's like, I've been through two, I've been through two grand final losses and they suck. They really do, but you get there only two teams get to the grand final every year i'd rather get to 10 consecutive grand finals because that shows you have great club culture you win games of footy it means you get into the finals which means you're in the eight which means you're winning more games i'd rather have that i know that everybody wants a flag but flags only happen once sometimes i mean i i, I support a club that for 72 years didn't win a flag so i have not so much been out of shape about winning the flag I, I'm not. I would rather the consistency and the winning to set a winning culture because once that ten years, maybe we win five in a row after that. I, and maybe I'm maybe I'm being I'm going past the question a little bit, but that's me. I'd rather have the wins. I'd rather be a strong, consistent, top level club than be a one hit wonder and then a twenty year twenty years out of the finals. You know that's fair to think. Uh, but one of the funny things that you know going with this extreme hypothetical. Is if you're the head coach of a franchise, like even let's let's just go with five. If you make five grand finals in a row, but don't win one, I am not sure you keep your job. If I'm being honest, right? I think it. I think it depends on the club. Like yeah. I legitimately think it depends on the club. Like 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 if it's the full time expectation that you win the grand final, I could see that. But I think most clubs will go, hey, our coach is getting us there. Like that's the other way you got to look at it. And, yeah. I mean, would you, as a college football coach, would you, would you, would you fire, would you fire your head coach if he's getting to the national championship game every year? I don't think will. so because Anyone you're getting, Michigan you're winning apparently. games, which means, which means, yeah, which means you can recruit better. Yeah, that it's it's such a weird thing to think about. I know each their in own to each. It's again, oh. it, Ten in a row would kill. It, it would suck. No, one hundred percent, it would suck. Like legitimately, it would suck. I've been through two. I've been through two grand final losses, and they both suck. I think the closest thing but we have to again, this is it's, is at least in America, this happened where the Buffalo Bills made the Super Bowl. You know, the championship game four years in a row, 
and they lost all four of them. That was in the around the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, all four. Yeah. So that's um mm-hmm. oh that'd be horrible. And that's a franchise that hasn't won the Super Bowl yet. And they've gotten really close recently. Mm-hmm. They still haven't won the Super Bowl. They have a really good chance this year if we want to talk a lot a little bit of football. If you want to talk NFL, come join me every Tuesday. I'll drop a little NFL show over at the fourthalarm.com forward slash NFL. There's my great plug. Um but mm-hmm. this is I can't imagine what it'd be like to go through f- four in a row and not get oh. So yeah, of course, to each their own here. It really depends. I know the the sportsman to me, um I it's really championship or bust in, in a lot of my talks. So I probably take the I'd probably take the flag and you know, and because that's where I'm at the Broncos fan right now, you know. Hey guys, we really suck right now. At least we have that flag from uh, you know 2015. So, it, <laughs> I watched him win in my lifetime. If it, it really is, I'm doing better than a lot of NFL fans, luckily. Um, but the second would you rather is something a little bit more current and something. This is just another way for me to shoehorn this into like the 20th round in a row. I think is what it is. Um, but <laughs> would you rather the umpire descent rule be removed or Holding the ball to be more lenient, where it was kind of last year. Oh, oh boy, this this <laughs> this is going to be fascinating. Um, for me, I I think if you if you ask ninety nine point nine percent of the fan bases currently right now, the first option, the descent rule going bye bye permanently, would be what everybody would say because. I think a lot of people have kind of somewhat gotten used to holding the ball being very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And I expect it to be inconsistent because what people think is an opportunity to dispose of the football is different between everybody. So for me, I would rather have the the descent rule goodbye because it's the one thing that's doing everybody's head in right now. And I just would be, t- I just would be okay with the con with the ending of the constant whinging about it, like legitimately from me. So I, that's what I would take. I love it. And honestly, and this was on it. I just kind of thought about this and I need to give it to you. So lucky for you guys, bonus statement in this segment, and it still has to do with <laughs> penalties. So, here we go, Donnie. Unprompted, too. You have no chance to even think about this, so this is great. Would Question you... without notice, as they say in Australia. It's what we do here. It's my way of keeping keeping um, everyone on their toes. And it's a good or a bad host move, depending on how you view it. Um, but would you rather get rid of the umpire descent rule, or would you rather get rid of the man on the mark rule? Descent rule again. Still descent. Still descent. I like the man on the mark rule. I, I, I like the man on the mark rule because I think it opens up it opens up play a little bit more. The one thing, and, and again, maybe this is opposite of what most people would probably think is the coach. It's like you want to be able to be defensively sound. I, I think it makes the game more attractive, and I think the man on the mark rule. The only thing I would change with the man on the mark rule, honestly, is just be a little bit more on it when it comes to shots on goal, because sometimes it gets a little bit laughable when a guy is standing there as the guy is kicking on goal and he's this far away from him, like that far away from him. Like it's laughable, like legitimately laughable. He's way off the line. Come on, umpire. You got to see that. So I don't know. That would... I, I, again, I would prefer the descent rule gone because I like the, I, 
personally like the man of the mark role. I think it really has opened up the game and I think it has helped with scoring and it's kept the ball moving instead of constant uh, um, ball ups and constant stoppages of play, Mm -hmm. which I think makes the game more attractive because the ball is constantly moving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would dissent would go bye-bye because I, I, I like the man on the mark role at least for what it has done to the product. That's one. Two of these rules, um, you, uh, you can compare them a little bit because the man on the mark rule and the empire descent rule, very controversial when they were first introduced to the sport. The only difference is that one actually worked out for the better and one is still something that every that seems like 90% of the league just cannot stand. So it's... um. You know, the AFL got one thing right. Uh, they also got one thing horribly, horribly wrong in the eyes of the fans. Uh, but going to the last statement why I got for you, Donnie, is and we spoke about this gentleman a little bit earlier, and we're going to talk about him again. Um, would you rather build an expansion team solely around Sam Walsh or Jason Horn Francis? Oh boy, if you had asked me this question before this round, before <laughs> this round, I would have probably leaned more towards Jason Horn Francis because he's only 18 years old. He's Crazy. got at least three Crazy. to four years more than Sam Walsh. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm seeing some I'm seeing some characteristics I don't like. Mm-hmm. And these are characteristics Sam Walsh didn't have in just as bad at teams with Carlton. So because of what I've seen, and it's a discipline thing just for me, again, I, I, this is hypothetical because I don't know. Maybe Jason Horton Francis stays with North Melbourne. They get their you-know-what together, and North Melbourne becomes a dominant force the next 15 years. We don't know. 15. Or North Melbourne goes, you know what? Forget this. Forget this kid. He's got too much of an attitude. We chop bait. We trade him to one of the SA. We try to get as much as we can, and we move on. It's a possibility. Sam Walsh for me right now because of the attitude, because of the attitude things that we've seen in the past couple of weeks, but just overall, what I could see happen, Jason Horn Francis. Fair enough there. Um, and so let's go perfect world. Let's go, um, you know, just purely off of talent. Um, what, who do you think is going to be better for longer? Well, you got to remember, you, you Sammy Walsh has six years, six or seven years already on Jason Horn Francis, so it's a little bit of a skewed argument right now. Because again, we have a very small taste of what Horn Francis can do, and yeah. normally, the recruiting guys they know what they're talking about when they recruit these youngsters. When they look at these youngsters, the the, the draft expert guys that you talk that I, that I see and I t- pay attention to, they have been talking about Jason Horn Francis for two years before this draft two years they said this kid is is everything danger was and maybe even a little bit more that he is like the sam is the locking meals the danger fields he was in that rarefied air when it comes to talent so there's great there's a great ceiling for horn francis but the issue is is his elevator going to break down because he's at a Melbourne squad that right now is frustrating the living, you know, what out of him. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately his attitude is causing him issues now, not only with the two game suspension there, but then his kind of fluff away of a very good, very experienced and very veteran Todd Goldstein that did not look good. Mm -hmm. That is not a great look for North Melbourne 
that your experienced Ruckman, who is very respected throughout the league, just got brushed off by an 18-year-old, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, an 18-year-old punk. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. At least when it comes to talent, it um, choose between two these two guys. It kind of depends on maybe what you have. Like maybe it depends on personal preference because what it feels like to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Horn Francis at the moment, he has the higher ceiling, but he in comparison to Sam Walsh, but he also has the lower floor. Whereas Sam Walsh has the lower ceiling, but he has the higher floor. So there's a lot of stuff that that comes in play. And, and that really just depends on the kind of person you like, the kinds of teams you like, the way you would, I, I guess, coach. I look at this a lot when it comes to comparing quarterbacks in the NFL, where it's it, it's really just a preference at that point in, in thinking what you could build better. We'll love to see what you guys would rather build around. Would you rather be, build around the, the higher ceiling or the, uh, or the highest floor? Because that is an argument that gets talked about a lot in sports. Uh, but that's going to do for would you rather less know your thoughts on that one is this something we should bring back every once in a while did you like it and what would you do here as well would you rather um miss the finals for 20 years after winning the grant uh, uh winning the flag or would you rather make the grand final 10 years in a row and not come home with a shiny new trophy um what do you think which penalties would you rather get rid of and like i said would you rather build around sam walsh or jason horn francis um, and quickly, before we get into the greatest list you'll ever hear, no Victorian media can ever compare. I mean, they can't really compare it to us anyway because, you know, um, we're better. I, I, I don't know. That, that's a little rude. We love you, Victorian media. We, 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 like, we like to take the piss out of you because – Talk about tooting your own horn there, toot toot. Exactly. That's why. Uh, <laughs> I like to, we, we like to take the piss out of you because, you know, you kind of serve it up on a platter. Uh, it's really easy to, um, but you know, it's good fun. Uh, but the the point I was getting to, the greatest list you'll ever hear, the only list that matters is Coach Donnie's team of the round. No one else can compare to his. Uh, and before we get to that and our tips for this round, we're going to hop into what the blank. And this is something that maybe, you know, the leader that has Max gone probably wasn't saying this. He probably says it in a nicer way, you know. I would imagine um, definitely not talking as much trash as maybe some of his teammates did when um, that caused him. I I love the, so that the AFL ran that investigation on on that Melbourne stuff, you know, with the the fighting or some people called it a brawl as well. Did you did you catch up on that? Don't you see that the AFL wants to run their own investigation on that? I guess it's fair. they they did run their own investigation and they and they cleared they cleared them of any more and the extra sanctions they believe they they basically said that what melbourne gave for the club was enough for them so it's kind of i almost wanted to go why'd you even do the investigation then like it, it was kind of it so i don't know um, i just i'm kind of tired of talking kind of tired of talking about it to be 100 percent honest with you <laughs> that's fair that's that's so i i don't blame you. there's a lot of stuff going on right now that i really just don't care about when it comes to stories um definitely something that we could leave in the last round uh but one thing that we can't leave in the last round is what the blank because of course i got three statements for donnie and each of them has a blanket either the beginning the middle or the end and it's up to him to fill in the blank with whoever he chooses. And this is something I teased earlier. We're going to find a new location 
for the grand final. You guys are probably going to hate it because it's not in Australia. So go ahead and have fun with that one, Danya. I'm kind of just handing you a, uh, a grenade without the pin in it right now. And it's just up to you to let go of the handle there. <laughs> So good luck, my friend. Uh, but what we're going to start off with is statement number one for What the Blank, Donnie. Blank is currently the scariest team to play against. Oh, uh, your t-shirt t-shirt you just brought in is a perfect segue. Yes. Collingwood. I, yes. It is hard to say that Collingwood is not the hottest team in the league right now. You go and knock off the D's. Um, in just an absolutely firecracker game at the G on, on the Fight MND weekend for Neil Danaher, which was absolutely fantastic to see that. But right now the Pies are dangerous. They yes. just they just beat the Melbourne Demons by double digits on the MCG. Their their fans are up and about. It it is crazy to think that two of the biggest clubs in Victoria, both Collingwood and Carlton, are both currently in the eight. As we speak, that is crazy to see these two massive clubs in Victoria going at a rate of knots as they are. But it is so difficult not to say that the pies are not the hottest thing in the AFL right now. Nothing like a hot meat pie, is it, right? They're looking great right now. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm getting hungry. That's my fault. Uh, but I, I was hoping you were going to say this. I really was. Collingwood, right now, they're riding the longest current winning streak in the league at four games. Uh, the next closest team is Frio with three and the Geelong Cats at three. Two very strong teams. Clearly, Geelong is um, a stronger one than Carlton at the moment. But it just feels like Carlton has this ability to beat anyone. It, I, I, it's kind of crazy. I w obviously not a lot of people are expecting this. They were kind of teetering around the top eight earlier, um, you know, in, in the season. Now they've kind of planted themselves there in uh, the eight spot. But this is a team that honestly, I don't think it's a far fetched statement. And especially going after what we talked about the last couple of weeks rounds, we were talking about Donnie, given their um, remaining schedule, given the winning percentage of the remaining schedule. This is a team that could, you know, come out of these, you know. They're going to uh, their buy round. They could come out of these last nine games, five and four. They could come out of these last games, six and three. This is a team that can get really hot when it matters the most. And hell, I don't think a top four spot in the finals is out of the picture for the Collingwood Magpies. We'll have to see. I mean, it's, it's, Again, you're gonna have to beat. You're gonna have to beat some good teams to get there. I mean, it's not like they have a cakewalk. It's no. not like they're playing North Melbourne, West Coast, West Coast, Essendon twice. They are playing the Giants, though, play so they got that game <laughs> Well, let's 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 just really let's just really quickly run through the rest of their schedule because I, I mean we agreed. Okay, so you get the Giants this week. So this will be an interesting game for them because that that's not an easy one. Okay, that's not an easy one. Or no, actually, uh, they get a bye. I forgot. Round. They're yeah. on the bye this week. Yep. Yep. So next round, they get the Giants. Then they get Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Essendon, Port Adelaide, rematch with Melbourne, Sydney, Carlton. So they get a few get winnable games over the next over the next six. GWS, 
right now just on form, you'd say they'd win that one. Gold Coast, I think it's neutral. I think this is an even game. This is a coin flip, in my personal opinion. I think Gold Coast is going to push Collingwood in this game. It would be fascinating to see that one. Should beat North, should beat Adelaide, should beat Essendon. Port Adelaide, I want to know what they are at this time in the middle of July. It is July, July 28th will be that game against them. If Port is already out of the finals, this is probably a winnable game for Collingwood. If Port Adelaide has won a few games and is still sniffing around the finals, this could be a barn burner game before their final three games of the year, Melbourne, Sydney, Carlton. So they may have to get themselves into finals condition and give themselves some space because those final three games are not easy. Melbourne's going to be madder than a firecracker going into that second game. Sydney is no easy matchup, even up at the SCG. And then your old rivals, Carlton, in round 23 with a chance to remain in the finals. Put them last. Absolutely, absolutely insane. So just looking at that right there, Collingwood should get it just by the just by the winnable games even before those final three with nine games left i think they can win the six games going up to the final three the question is will they go into the finals oh and three one and two two and one maybe even three and oh we'll have to see but i mean just just looking at that collingwood is got to be licking their chops going in after this bye week because they've got winnable game after winnable game after winnable game early before they get to the tough, they get to the toughest part of their schedule, the final three games of the year. Exactly, I see six and three being very achievable for this club, and I even see six and three, five and four is what is what I see at the minimum. That that is the minimum I see get them getting out there, and that'll probably put them in the finals. Yeah, I could see a, a seven two who could put them into a top four spot, and uh, when it comes to so they should. Uh, I'll preface it. They should be able to win their first six games. Um, the real test is likely going to be the last three, like you highlighted there. And I would not be surprised if they could at least steal one out of this last three between Melbourne, Sydney, and Carlton as well. Mm-hmm. This is a I agree. good team, which is, which is great. Is is you know the resident mixing Cox fan? And I am. the scary part is they don't have Brody Grun- They don't have Brody Grundy right now. That's the scariest part about this team. They don't have Brody Grundy, one of the best rocks in the in the, in, the, in the league. You're going to remind me. He's not one. playing right now. The C is who who comes out? Does Darcy Cameron come out for Grundy? Does Cox come out for Grundy, or do you bring somebody else out? You almost have to ride with Cox at the moment because he's he's looking great, and that's not even just my bias. That's actual people thinking that he looks great right now too, which is awesome. Um, you're going to remind me. What does the uh, the so-called MVP of the, of the grand final um, get? What's that award again? Oh, geez, now you're gonna ca- you're gonna catch me with another <laughs> question without know. notice, and I'm just I'm sitting here going, um, oh no, what is it? Is it uh, man, what was it again? I can't believe it. I'm almost surprised that um, the Norm Smith. Norm Smith. Yeah, I, yep. I was like, I was like, I'm. I, I I know as soon as somebody gives me the start of it, I'm gonna <laughs> right, remember. I'm just like, so, oh my gosh, seriously. So I why I ask that is because I'm fully jumping on the bandwagon here. Uh, Mason Cox with Norm Smith, 2022. Um, you guys can go ahead and pick gotta it. get there first. You know what? Uh, gotta I gotta get there first, I'm and still... that's not gonna be easy. <laughs> no, it's not. But 
I want to see the odds. <laughs> if I could bet on that right now, I'll throw like five bucks down. Mason Cosby, <laughs> Norm Smith. That's probably like you know, I'll probably be able to net twenty grand from that alone. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they start putting in bets for the Norm Smith until the grand final starts because then oh, they because they don't want just random ass random. Yeah, well, the American betting I mean, system. You can, does you can almost better. get a. We can bounce well, up you can almost plus a hundred thousand odds. It's great. Oh, it's like Leicester. It's like Leicester City with the year they won the EPL. They were five thousand to one, and a guy put a hundred. Guy put a guy put a hundred grand down on that bet. Oh Legitimately, there's a guy in England put a hundred grand hundred grand down on Leicester to win at five thousand to one. <laughs> That's some money right there. But first off. Yes, mm-hmm. we, he's already ha- you know doing well, be able to have a hundred thousand to drop on the throwaway bet. So he has that going for him, but also to be able to get ooh, that is a damn. Um, to be that man, he's gonna look like this. He probably looked like the smartest guy on the planet when he put that bet down. Well, no, he probably looked like <laughs> the dumbest man on the planet when he put that bet down. But when they, when it came through, then no, no, like t- t- yeah, that's right. <laughs> At the end of the season, he looked really oh, smart. There he goes. Uh, the whole season is being ridiculed. Then people got, oh man, this guy's right, and then he uh, got what he deserved with that kind of bet. Um, but here we go. Statement number two, the one that is going to be really interesting to see. If you could host the grand final in one non-Australian country venue location where uh, it would be blank all right i'm gonna twist this just the tiniest bit because there has to be a ton of suspension there's gonna be a lot of suspension of reality honestly i'm I'm actually gonna give you two and it's only only because i want to say this personally there's one that i that i would love to see that's not here in the states and then there's one i would like to see in the there's a one place i'd like to see in the states the one here in the states is jerry world at dallas because you can get a hundred thousand people in there again this is suspending reality because that stadium is not big enough legitimately is not big enough you there's not enough room to get a full-size mcg oval there isn't even enough to get a gmhba oval into jerry world down in dallas so it's not it's tiny compared to afl ground Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just so it, it, this is a little bit of suspending reality in, in many ways. And then the other one, personally, just because I'd love to, it'd be fascinating to see it, is that is over in over in Spain at the Camp Nou, where the Barcelona where Barcelona plays. That would be fascinating to see because that is a, another hundred thousand seat arena, outdoors. Just, just how cool that would be to see it on European soil. Again, I know this is pie in the sky. It's never going to happen because the field dimensions are just too big. There, yeah. There's very few stadiums that could possibly even come close to being able to fit it. The only one I can think of here in the States that could come close is maybe the Rose Bowl or maybe um, the, the stadium in L.A. Oh, my gosh. So I'm trying fi. to think of what it's called. No, not SoFi. Um, the old... Oh, the Coliseum. Oh, where the Olympics were held. Yeah, the Coliseum. The, that was Coliseum. it. I was like, yeah. I knew saying another one, just like yeah, Norm Smith. They had a NASCAR race yeah, at the Coliseum. It, it, the Coliseum is the, <laughs> they're going to have another game. one. My, 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 my wife loves NASCAR, and they're going to do another one. They're oh. going to do another one. In, in that. Yep. that was one of the weirdest looking And many Australians are like, we don't care about NASCAR. No. Just stop talking about it. Well, it's no. okay because most yeah, Americans so, don't either. <laughs> 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 no, so the, the Coliseum would be would be the only one I think logistically they could fit. 
but I just, I don't know if it may be a skinnier ground, a little bit like GMHBA, because I don't know if it has the width overall you know, to be able to do too. it. Great location in terms of flying from Australia to the States. It's like, kind of like the perfect spot, really. Well, it's the reason why Ascendant and GWS was being talked about playing a game in the States for like during like round one or two. Any new talk about four that points. recently? Not well with COVID that all kind of got shut down big yeah. time. And right now, financially, a lot of these clubs are yeah. still kind of they're they're still kind of fighting a little bit, especially now that you have the the, fan, the, the lack of fans at the, at the grounds is not helping because a lot of clubs, they the way they make money is for their people to show up for their home games because they get the revenue exactly. from everything. And with people not showing up, that really does hurt them. So well, Donnie, I, I got to ask you. So hypothetically, there is an AFL game. Um, let's, let's not even talk grand final. Let's just talk, um, you know, that one of the proposed regular season ones, they have a regular season game against two good teams in the Coliseum. Does that stadium sell out? In the Coliseum, regular season game. I don't know. Um, I, don't think it's I am aware of many Americans that if that happened, they would make they would make the journey. Mm-hmm. In fact, if if I could, I if to. I had the finances to be able to, if I had the finances to be able to do it, I would. Yes. Like I don't care who it is. Like it, oh, it could be yeah. freaking West Coast. It could be West Coast and North Melbourne. As horrible as they've been, I'm still there. <laughs> That's because a bit of a stretch, the only yeah, time to be able to, <laughs> I know most likely you're looking, you most likely you're looking at GWS because GWS does have some backers that are in the States. Yeah. So I think GWS, GWS right GWS. now Let's seems go, to be, Heck yeah. I know exactly. I thought that was kind of funny. No, GWS seems to be one of, one of the, one of the backed teams. And then I've heard Essendon, I've heard Richmond. I, it, again, it's still kind of up in the I air, but I don't care who it is. If it's, yeah, if it's in the states and it's a possibility, I'm I'm gonna I would try to go because to get it over here in the states and to be able to show Australians that there are, there are Americans here that are gonna watch this sport. It's not gonna be fifteen people sitting randomly going, "What's this?" No, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of footy fans over here that no, I think we need got to trek to LA to states, go to the baby. game. They will. Heck yeah. Yeah, we, it's we not a ma- it's 70. not a massive it's not a massive league. It's, hey, it's not we, a massive league, just just numbers wise. But there there league. there are far more people that enjoy the sport over here than I think they that a lot of people give credit to. Exactly, and it's a seventy seven thousand five hundred seat stadium. We could definitely make that happen. Put that on the very nice. I didn't know. Um, we can have some footy play on the very beautiful Bermuda grass in the LA Coliseum. I'll put that on a. Uh, Put down the sports trivia, um, you know, quiz, Donnie. What grass do they have at the LA Coliseum? If you actually answer correctly, um, one, you know way too much about grass, or two, that that's just weird, man. But also, I kind of respect it. Um, but we're going to hop um, into the last statement here, and that is I, I got a few guys that, you know, ones we've talked about before and ones I think deserve a little bit more recognition as well. Um, but this uh, statement, Donnie, the most underrated player so far after 13 rounds is blank. Oh, this one's difficult because many of the players that I think 
need to be discussed are not underrated. Can I, can I adjust this just the tiny? I, I just let me adjust this just the tiniest bit. I'm gonna adjust it to the coach that is the most underrated and damn it i'm gonna get i'm gonna give it to him because we give we give this club enough shit and that is stewie do from the gold coast sun yes that guy has been underrated all this year everybody came in to this season going that's clarko's job it's just gonna wait until stewie do gets fired and stewie do has basically said sit and spin with a certain index with a certain finger raised yes up ladies and gentlemen and i love it absolutely love it and the fact i'm hearing rumors gold coast are in negotiations to extend him thank Talk you gold coast combat. thank you very very much yeah exactly this is a you know what to the afl a little bit that stewie do has a chance and again do not sleep on this gold coast team they're still in this they are still in this i cannot wait to see this because Collingwood and Gold Coast are going to be the wrenches when it comes to this finals, whether they get in or whether they are the teams that are going to keep other teams out. I cannot wait, but I, I, I saw your question. I love it, but I wanted to change it just a little bit because yes. I wanted this rant for Stewie do congratulations, Stewie, keep up the great work, continue to stick it to these people. I'll even, I'll even say it. I kept trying to say as much as I thought it would be interesting to see Clarkson up there, I wanted Stewie Dew to succeed because he is such a great coach. He has done such a great job with this Gold Coast team, and he's defying the odds with each and every win he gets up there in the Gold Coast. Anya Stewie Dew, let's go, Suns. I know it's weird coming from a Swans fan, but I want the Suns to continue to be successful. Oh, I love it. I know for a fact that if the Gold Coast Suns aren't going to make the finals, you're, you could probably bet that they're going to um, kick a couple teams out or stop their run at the finals as well. I love that shout for Sui Do. The only thing, um, I've been a little bit disappointed by his performance this year, and that's only out of jealousy because I wanted him to come to the GWS Giants. Um, but obviously, that's probably not going to happen anymore. You know, Clark O's out there, Buckley's out there, so we're great. But I love See we do. I love being able to support the Suns. Also, you know, one player that I want to throw out there as well, hand in hand with the coach. Talk about Tuke Miller a little bit more, please, guys, because, uh, you know, Victorian media. Because Tuke Miller is on something this year, Donnie. He is, and he's sitting there. He actually has a 14 um, votes of the Brownlow medal to his name, um, and he's uh, sitting at fifth place tied with Christian Petraka. You know, if Tuke Miller's tied with Chris Petrock right now when it comes to Brownlow votes, can we talk about that mm-hmm. more, please? Because we need to give this man – let's just group them together. Tuke Miller and Stewie Do just wrap them in a nice bundle that needs to be <laughs> talked about a lot more than they currently are. And give them their flowers, damn it, because they deserve that. I love this. I... All – Donnie, 60 Gold Coast Suns supporters – it's up to 60. I love them so much. Oh, my, double my... that. Make it 120. Oh, as good as they're playing. Let's gotta, go. Gotta give, let's, yes. We're going to get the triple digits because I 100% agree with you. Tuke Miller, what a superstar he is. And the fact that he had a chance to leave Gold Coast. He had a chance to leave and, and, and go and take his talents to a team that might be making the finals. And he stayed loyal to the Gold Coast Suns. And he is being handsomely rewarded with a team that's playing well. Matty Rowell is back to Matty Rowell biz. 
He's not the overall kind of crazy stance that he was doing that first year, but he is effectively affecting the game for Gold Coast. And another one that I'll say that I didn't really think about, and that's in the rock competition, and that is Jared Witts. Jared Witts mm-hmm. is continuing to be an absolute game changer for these Suns. If the Suns make the finals, Tuke Miller and Jared Witts will be two of the reasons why that is absolutely insane what the Gold Coast Suns are doing. So it's hard not to say the Suns really are the most underrated thing in all. Just Suns in general. I because everybody's talking Collingwood. Everybody's talking Richmond. Everybody's talking Western Bulldogs. I'm saying keeping an eye out for the Suns. Talk Suns. Go ahead. Place your eyes on them if you dare. But don't do it for more than one second because you'll burn your redness because of how hot of a team they are also that's just good advice as well you guys are welcome don't stare at suns it's bad this has been the psa from fourth and long um but let's know your don't thoughts. stare at the sun you can stare at some suns okay, as long as they're the gold coast suns okay well technically you can stare at those at stars or suns so technically you could stare at those as well but you guys know what i mean um don't hold me liable for any retinas being burned uh from the suns because you know they're they're hotter than um a snag in summer? I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> You're so bad. I tried, man. I'm uh, trying. You guys got. You guys got. To give me a little bit of credit for at least trying. <laughs> Let's know. Pulling people. He's pulling. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. Look, throw a little Vegemite on that snag. Yeah. Um. Um. Also, wear your helmets when the magpies are out in mating season. Um. There. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts um, on what the blank. Who is the scariest team to play against right now? If you could host the grand final in one non-Australian location, what would it be? And who is the most underrated coach, player, or just team in general? And for answers, anything not Gold Coast Suns related, I will accept your answer. But I will be mightily disappointed, and you'll probably be wrong. Uh, but let's hop into before we uh, round things out with our tips for round fourteen. It's time for Coach Donnie's team of the round. Donnie, tell us who was great enough to grace this amazing list. Well, this was a very this was a very interesting week because we had we had some great performances. We had some we had some very fascinating um, uh, the, the the forwards for the first time was kind of a kind of a stretch because the highest goal kicker the entire round was four. And there was a ton around three and two. So this was a very interesting week when it came to the team of the week. But we, we'll jump right into it again. Always start with defenders. Sam Doherty for Carlton again. Just Mr. Consistency. He's come back and just absolutely been fantastic. One of the few bright spots for me for the Essendon Footy Club, besides the absolutely fantastic birthday celebration that they had on Friday night, was Dyson Hebel. Dyson Hebel with a great game, the captain showing out, showing his young, showing his fellow bombers how you're supposed to play the game of footy. Anya Dyson Hebel. Um, next, Fremantle's Hayden Young. Again, Fremantle. It's the unsung hero guys. Yes, you hear the Brayshaws, you hear you hear the Darcy's, you hear the Lobs, you hear the Taberners, you hear the Fife's. It's guys like Acres. It's guys like Young. Mm-hmm. It's it's these maybe somewhat underrated players are having great, great seasons. So again, another great game for him. GWS, Harry Himmelberg, he has moved back and he has had a renaissance when it comes to his career. And again, when you 
played North Melbourne or West Coast, it's very easy to put up stats. So it's not difficult to get into the team of the week when you play one of those unfortunate dumpster fire teams. We jumped Collingwood, Braden Maynard, top level game. You play the Demons and you have a game out hard not to, to plug you in there. And last but not least, he's moved back there and continued to be strong. And that is Angus Brayshaw of the Melbourne Demons, again, rounding out the defenders. We go to the ruck position. He got dismissed by his young rookie, but it's still a great game by North Melbourne's Todd Goldstein, continuing to keep playing very good football for a not-so-very-good North <laughs> Melbourne Roos team. We jumped to the mids. We talked about him earlier you thought he might be a lock. I don't think he's 100% there, but he definitely gave a Brownlow type of performance here, and that's Frio's Andrew Brayshaw. We jumped to Brisbane, not locking Neil from me because I think Hugh McCluggage mm. of the Brisbane Inns had a really good game in this one, made some impact on the scoreboard. So I have Hugh McCluggage in my team of the week. North Melbourne, this young man has come out. A long way from being a guy that's dropped constantly. And that's North Melbourne's Luke Davis, Luke Davies Uniaki with another great game for the Ruse. GWS sees another guy that is Steven Canelio with one of the best midfield performances. I believe three goals in this game. So an incredible performance by Cogs there. And last but not least, a little bit of controversy winning the game medal, winning the game medal. And that's Melbourne's Clayton Oliver. He gets 43 disposals, he kicks a goal, but Honestly, a lot of his possessions were early in this game. The game kind of evened out later, and he didn't have as big an impact. But you put up 43, you kick a goal. It's hard not to say you don't earn yourself a spot on the team of the week. Fans we go to the forwards again. <laughs> <clears throat> not a ton of goals kicked <clears throat> this week for the forwards, but got to give it a shout-out. Port Adelaide's Todd Marshall. Uh, stepping up still playing well even with the addition of charlie dixon todd marshall has really stepped up and played really really well for port welcome back carlton's harry mckay comes back great to see this great forward come back in and kick goals um two in a row here gws is jake riccardi and james peatling both with three goals up forward for gws again north melbourne not as difficult but you got to put them through the big sticks and they did. And the last two are both Collingwood members, and that's Jamie Elliott and Brody Majacek are the final two forwards on the starters from the bench, continuing to play great footy, and that's Jackson Clare from the St. Kilda Saints. Midfielder, I got to give a tiny tip of my hat because he finally is starting to play the way I think it is, and that's Hawthorne's Jager O'Meara. The, the Ruck, pull the shirt up, sir. Pull the shirt up. There we go. As the backup rock on the bench yeah. is Mr. Mason Cox. Let's go, baby. So I, I got to give Cox. him that <laughs> right there. And then last but not least is forward. Another triumphant return by Joe Danaher of the Brisbane Lions. We'll get to the final spot on Coach Hess's team of the week. Oh, I love it. I was getting a little bit nervous when you didn't. I, I'm a little disappointed he's not, you know, just the ruck of the round. But, you know, it's for him to make. Goldstein, kick, Goldstein kicked two goals and had a few more hit outs. So yeah. it's hard for me to over. In fact, in fact, actually, he only had nine hit outs and, and Darcy Cameron had 16. So it was hard for me to put him 
as your as your starting ruck when he, he he wasn't exactly the most dominant ruck stink, but he kicked a goal in that game, which I think was impactful a little bit more than some of the guys there. So so I slipped <laughs> him into the bench spot. So I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you on this one. It's okay. Yeah, they're still still great. <laughs> <laughs> all all together. But ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna cap things off with our tips for round fourteen, the last round of the bye week. Um, and there's gonna be some fun ones in this one. I, I am actually, you are going to end up having a bold tip of the round from me. Um, I was, I've been debating, I've been doing a lot of going back and forth in my head today and, uh, through the, throughout the, um, recording this episode, there's, um, some, I might be going some underdogs, <laughs> might be going with some underdogs according to the, the odds or from, um, tipping percentages. But I am going to give you a bold tip of the round. Just you wait. Um, and I, this feels almost like, you know, blasphemous given the, the praise we were just giving this team a little bit earlier. But, you know, I promise you guys <laughs> one around. And this is a uh, one that I don't necessarily want to tip. But I'm going to tip it for you guys anyway because that's my promise. But starting us off um, on little Thursday night action, we got Richmond and Carlton. At the MCG, we have Richmond as a slight favorite, but Carlton is um, taking the most tips from you know the AFL um, website with 57% of them, and I will agree with those tipsters. Let's ride with the Blues. Uh, I am. I'm also with the tipsters. I'm going with Carlton. I just think they're bruising ability through the midfield, and no Dusty Martin. I think is going to catch up with this with this uh, Richmond Tigers team. Kane Lambert is back, which is a great addition, but he's no Dusty Martin. I just think the Blues are going to have just a little too much offense for Richmond, and Richmond has, has been a little inconsistent going forward of the footy. I think this is a barn burner tomorrow morning. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be a fascinating game to watch, but I'm going to tip the Blues in this one. Ooh, Danny, they have a bummer I want to point out real quick. On the AFL website, um, they have, you know, the, the gauntlet, which I got eliminated around six. Um, but the minimum five was one I was going with strong. Um, I only got four tips right last round. So uh, this bye week bit me. I finally been eliminated from the minimum five competition. Oh, that's that's a bummer. Made to the top 10%, though. So, okay. Yeah. So not too bad. Well, you you went you went four and two. The only bad part is Brad went Brad went five and one. The only yep. tip the only tip you had different was the was the was the extra was the tip of St. Kilda over Brisbane and uh Brad got that. I also tipped Brisbane. Brad tipped all the same tips as me. So again, I can't find a way I can't find a way to catch up to him. That's why I really wish <laughs> so I, I, I pulled Hollywood, man. That would have been too good. I oh. seriously debate I seriously thought about it just just for just to just to see. But knowing me, if I would have done it, then Melbourne would have won. And <laughs> so, oh, that's really what it feels like, unfortunately. Actually, here, here's, here's this is how crazy this is. It's like his ears must be burning. I just got a text message from Brad. So I can actually give you Brad's tips as we go on. He is also tipping Carlton in this round. Okay, so, so this is kind of cool that because the game is Thursday. Um, yeah, I won't change my tips to just to beat Brad. I will stand by them. Alrighty, well let let's see. So he's got so he's got Carlton in this first game. All right, next one heading over to Marvel Stadium. We got the Essendon Bombers taking on the Saint Kilda Saints. I believe that the Saints won't fail me this round. Let's go Saints. All right, and that is going to be a three-way sweep because both Brad and I also have the Saint Kilda Saints winning this one. I just don't like Essendon's 
the way they're going. Yes, St. Kilda had some injuries, but I just don't think Essendon has the firepower to be able to stay up there. I just think St. Kilda's got just a little too much in the midfield there. And with Ryder and Rowan Marshall both playing well in the ruck, I think Draper is going to have a long day. So I have the Saints with this one. I agree with you on that one. Um, I'm sure we're going to get another three-way tie with uh, probably these next couple of games, Sydney and Port Adelaide. Uh, I'm going with the Swans. It is a pretty close game. It's a pretty close game on the betting line there as well. I think it's correctly, you know, the, the odds makers did a good job with this one. I still like Sydney, and I'm sure that's the same with you too as well, huh? This is the ter- this is the terrifying one as a Swans as a Swans fan yeah. because you don't want to be overly confident because you you've been on the bye week. You, you the biggest worry that you have as a Swans fan going into this game is being rusty or being flat coming out of this game, especially on the road at a hostile environment where Port needs to win this. I mean, Port season is on the line in this game. They this one. There's no way they're making there's well, they're not mathematically. They're still in, but looking at their schedule, it is very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. So uh, this is one of those. If I'm the swans, you need to be ready for a firestorm to start this game and you need to be defensively sound. You may go behind a little bit, but you just need to quell the storm and keep the fans on their hands a little bit. And I think the way you finish games, I think, will come to fruition at the end of it. I think Sydney wins this one, but this one is very, very close. I'm probably not going to be able to, to sit still for most of this game because I think this one is going to be a barn burner to all the Port fans that I know of. I've said this one concerns me a tiny bit on the road. First game back from a bye. It is never a good combination. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I have Sydney. Brad also has me. But I'm honestly putting my hand up and saying Port's going to be in this. Port, I think this is going to come down final five minutes of the game. Can Sydney get up and push on the lead? Or will this be one of those fingernail-biting ones that comes down to the wire? Very fair. Um, you know, we can move from a potential barn burner to what's expected to be a dumpster fire. And that is anything associated <laughs> with the West Coast Eagles and especially their game against the Geelong Cats. Um, ain't no way. I am tipping the Eagles. Um, I am tipping the Cats all the way. I'm sure the, the rest of us are as well. Yep, three-way run. All, G- all, all Geelong, just too, just too good, even out west. So same four teams. For, uh, so we're for all um, in agreement four games through. This one where uh-huh. I, I guess we might get some disagreement. The Giants Stadium, we got the GWS Giants and the Western Bulldogs, one of the best and one of my favorite rivalries in the league right now. I'll take the Swans. This is an interesting one. Be- or um, It's not the Swans. The other Sydney team, the Giants, you know, the ones I actually like. Wow. Um, but <laughs> this is an interesting one because betting-wise, the Giants are coming here as close favorites. They are up by $0.08 cents on the Western Bulldogs, but they're only at 47% of the tipster's choice. Um, I'll ride with my Giants. I'll probably get this one wrong, but let's go, boys. I got I got some confidence in you. All right. You want the good news or the bad news? I'll take the bad news. Bad news. Uh, you're not going to gain any games because Brad has also selected <laughs> yes. GWS. Good news is, is I feel I feel left out on this because I have the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> and and, and, and here's, here, here's the reason that I say this. I like the way GWS is playing, but I also look at 
they're winning games, but they're winning games against bad teams. They beat that. North. It's, a win. it's four points. They it's beat Essendon and they beat the West Coast Eagles. So it's we're, we're I want to see this GWS team tested, and this will be it. That's if GWS wins this, GWS is the team I thought they were. They drop this one. GWS is a little bit of a flash in the pan team. I'm worried they face a Dougie's team that is inspired because they know they got to keep winning because they're around Collingwood, they're around Richmond, and they're winning games of 32. You are going to face an inspired team and a GWS team that honestly, most people have already said, they know they're not going to make the finals. So do they give maximum effort in this game? And can the Western Bulldogs get up on it? This is going to be a tough one. I, I agree. GWS is they, everyone. Well, gets up GW, GWS is one of those teams that I still haven't seen what I thought I would see this year. I thought GWS was going to be in the finals contention and they haven't been. Yes. They've had injuries. Yes. They didn't have Toby green to start off with, but even so since cool. Toby has come back, there are still issues there now it's not all uh, on coach cameron's fault and i think what what spike mcveigh has come in and done has been really well he has really made this team much more aggressive mm-hmm. offensively but the issue you run into is sometimes when you get super aggressive offensively it leaves you vulnerable down back so this will be fascinating to see will that aggressiveness attacking the footy hurt them with a doggies team that is very good at quick handballs and getting out the back so I'm going to tip Western Bulldogs, but this is one of those I bounce back and forth because GWS, though in the tipping competition that I see, they're, they are heavily underdogged at 66 to 34. Mm. I like them at home at Giant Stadium. So this is, this is, this is one of those I, I, I did bounce back and forth. I'm going to tip the Western Bulldogs on this one and hope that a team that needs to stay in the finals has an inspired run after a bye week. Time for a giant performance, boys. Um, now you guys might be wondering to yourselves, oh, Ross. You know some of these, yeah, they're underdogs. They're they're you know not the best tips, but you know they're they're not necessarily bold. Well, here you go. Be patient because I got one for you. The Adelaide Crows <laughs> are being the Gold Coast Suns. You can book it. And even though we were doing all this talking up about how underrated and how good Gold Coast is and how much we love them, which I, I, I still do. And I still think all those. So it's definitely more lies. Uh, you want the bold tip. You're going to get one. You got the Adelaide Crows knocking out the Suns at Metricon Stadium. Put that. Um, don't take that money to the well, – actually, I don't know. Your money in the bank is really doing anything right now. Um I don't know. You might even bet it. It's gaining interest depending on what bank you have. <laughs> oh, she, Wells Fargo <laughs> shill out here. He's not, not sponsored by <laughs> But um, I'm oh, assuming boy. both of you guys are going with Gold Coast. Be, be the smart thing to do. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going with Gold Coast just because Adelaide's inconsistencies. Okay. But I, I will raise my hand on this one. I double take on this one a couple of times because – Adelaide is a team that, again, I've said it numerous times, they are a Jekyll and Hyde team. They are games they are absolutely fantastic to watch. And then their games, they are absolutely putrid. So I don't know what Adelaide Crows team we're going to get. Are we going to get an inspired Tex Walker that kicks four goals and really drags Adelaide over the line? Yes. Or do we get a Tex Walker that is somewhat invisible at times and doesn't do much? So I'm going to tip Gold Coast. I think what they're doing right now, it's hard to deny. They're at home. They're playing lights out. They're playing inspired footy. And they just look really, really good on the park. I'm going to tip Gold Coast. But this is going to be a barn burner because if the Crows come to play, 
this is an even more even matchup some people are giving it credit for i cannot wait for this one last game of the round gonna be fascinating but this one's gonna be tough though this one's gonna be t- this was tough to pick i almost picked adelaide as well Texas is gonna kick five and i'm gonna look like a genius um and then if they don't win probably then I'll just look like, you know, my typical self. So it is what it is. But I have to, I have to give myself <laughs> one way to gain some ground on Brad, damn it. And I'm going to – got to take risks, you know, at least one risk around to be able to catch up to this man. So, Adelaide, come through for me, boys. Uh, Tex Walker, come through for me, please, because that would make – very very happy uh but ladies and gentlemen that's going to do for us with our breakdown for round 13 of the afl season of course i've been your host ross Allen, joined alongside by the best in the business footy correspondent coach donnie hess let us know your thoughts in the comments on everything we covered when it comes to a new location for the afl grand final the scariest team in the league the most underrated team in the league and who is the lock for the Brownlow right now, if there is one at all. But Donnie, your thoughts in one word or phrase when it comes to race car race races, NASCAR races in the stadium. Uh, in LA. Weird. I was just I my my wife and I watched it and it was it was like it was like dirt racing on concrete. It was it was fascinating. But it was weird because it's just it was not it didn't look like a normal nascar track they couldn't get all the cars on there because the track had to be smushed in so there wasn't that much room so it was just weird it was such a mess i i don't even really watch racing i don't really care about racing uh but i watch it because you know it's a nascar in a football stadium and um it's exactly what you thought it was going for you. Is NASCAR in a football stadium doesn't work out as well as the stadiums that can, you know, seat a half a million people with their mile long tracks, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, find all of our stuff at thefourthlong.com, everything footy, thefourthlong.com forward slash AFL. Hit us up on our socials at fourthlong media on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find Coach Donnie at Coach Hess40 on both platforms there as well. Follow us, YouTube. Subscribe to us and all that fun stuff. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Rumble, um, anywhere else you find anything kind of like this show in this format, it is there. And go ahead, do yourselves a favor, do me a favor, um, and show off your love for the big man himself with your very own I Love Big Cox tri-blend t-shirt. Let's rep it. Let's love the man. And keep your fingers crossed that he gets back to me because I'm trying to give him a shirt. I'm just gonna be a nice person. Just gonna be a nice person, man. Just, just let me give you a shirt, Mason. Please. All right. Uh, hopefully, you guys have the best of luck for your teams if they are playing this round. If they're in the bye, enjoy a guaranteed lossless round, uh, which I did for the GWS Giants. Oh, so much last round. And we will catch all of you in round after round 14 of the AFL season. Hey Ross, before we get done with this, uh, just a, just a quick uh, shout out to uh, my local team. We actually have our central regional tournament 
this weekend. So keep an eye out on DM Roosters footy. We will have updates on how the boys are doing. We are proud to be able to join with the Madison Wombats to be able to play in Division One this year. So it's going to be an exciting tournament. So keep an eye on all of the Roosters socials to see how the boys do this weekend. And hopefully we can give ourselves a nice showing up in Blaine, Minnesota, up with the Minnesota Freeze boys there cannot wait so keep an eye on roosters well, footy this weekend we got central tournament let's go roosters heck yeah 100 <laughs> percent find the roosters let's go boys go cox <laughs>